Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. I love Christmas time. Anyone else love Christmas? I'm glad it's here. That water could be eggnog right now if I wanted it to be, but I decided not to spare you guys from me gulping eggnog during the sermon. But I love Christmas. And this is actually my first Christmas message I get to preach here. Uh, last year, I, don't, I didn't get a chance. And the year before that, I wasn't preaching at all. So I'm excited to do this today. I love Christmas, and I just love being able to give this Christmas message. So if you would, turn with me to Luke 2 today. And i got to be honest, uh, we're actually talking about shepherds today, but I have to be honest with you guys first. Uh, I'm rarely in this part of Luke, right? We're here at Christmas time. This is like the first time I've been there in a long time. Uh, my Bible reading habit is basically like opening the Bible and reading wherever I open. Uh, so it's always good to get to this port. And it's, it seems like we always do this at this time of year. Anyone else not read this part of Luke till this time of the year, right? Be honest. I'm honest. I don't get to the angels and shepherds till Christmas time, correct? Okay, everyone else has better Bible reading habits than me, but I'm rarely in this part, and, but we hear it every year at this time, right? Every year we hear the story. It's one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. There are countless songs about it. We're going to sing them next week. But because of the familiarity with these verses and with Christmas time, we miss the greater story that is being told here. And you're going to be like, why? It's just about shepherds today, and I'll show you. But non-Christians and Christians sing the songs, and it's become such an issue because even me in studying this, I'm like, I've missed something in this because it's so familiar to me at Christmas time, and we do it every year that I don't come back to it until Christmas time again. I'm like, there's a story here today. I want to encourage you today. This is not just a story we're reading. This story we read today actually has implications for your life right now. And I want you to push past the familiarity of Christmas time, the lights, the decorations, the angels, the shepherds, and see how you're involved in this story today as, I, as we read through this. But first, we have a little bit of catching up to do. Last week, Jesse spoke on Mary and how the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a, a son uh, without being married and without uh, knowing a man yet. And so we are up past that port, part now. We are, Mary has given birth. There's a census. They had to go to Bethlehem. And everyone knows the story. There's no room in the inn. Uh, and so right now, we see Mary giving birth in probably a stable. Uh, any women glad... <laughs> The medical field has advanced farther than that today, right? I've seen, I watched my daughter get born, and that'd be so scary if it was in a stable with cows. Uh, even though they actually don't know if there are animals in that stable. The manger scene sets it up that way, but it would just be weird, right? And no nurse, just Joseph. I can't imagine <laughs> like being there and being the only professional person there. I would not handle that well. So I, I, for one, am glad that the medical field has advanced, and we don't have to have, give birth to babies. Just me and my wife, that'd be so scary. Uh, but So she had the baby, she wrapped it in swallowing clothes, laid it in the manger, and here we go. This is where we're at today. Uh, so let's read. In the same region, there are shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I'm going to stop there real quick. Anyone ever see an angel? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a charismatic church, so everyone saw angels, but... I can't imagine these shepherds watching their flock by night. An angel appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So that's two things. I try to think I wouldn't be scared in that moment. I try to tell myself 
I, w- I wouldn't be, but I'd probably, like, run away. And I'm glad what the angel said next, but I hate fear. Anyone else, like, hate horror movies? I'm, I never watch a horror movie in my life because I'm scared after I watch it. I can't sleep at night. So I can't imagine what these shepherds felt when an angel appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Fear. Straight fear. But the best news is, and they've, the funny thing is, angels, or the shepherds probably heard stories. Like, they have all the Old Testament stories. Angels usually didn't show up in good spots. Like, you see the angel army shows up to wipe out people once. The shepherds were probably like, we're dead. This guy is here to kill us, and we're going. So, but luckily, what is said next takes away all that fear. So let's keep reading. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, a great, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom with he is pleased." When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen as it had been told to them. Uh, I want to point out some things today that I find interesting about this story. And this is why I'm saying we have to push past the familiarity of the story, because there's some things that don't make sense here. And the first one is, and this is a thought I always have, isn't there a better way for God to announce the birth of his son? Right? Anyone ever think that? He is the God of the universe. Isn't there a better time? Why wait till nighttime? Like he's the God of the universe. Why didn't he just audibly shout across the whole universe, my son's born? No, he came to shepherds. And it's so opposite because today we like, like to do things big. Like anyone see that news story about the uh, baby gender reveal party in Arizona that started a wildfire? That's how we like to announce things these days is we blow things up and it started a wildfire in Arizona. This is like me. My son's going to be born in a few weeks. Uh, my firstborn son. This is like me when my son's born, walking out of the hospital, not calling any of my friends and family, not calling any of them, walking out of the hospital in Honesdale, walking down the street to the Turkey Hill, finding the homeless guy that stays there and says, hey, my son's born. Why don't you tell everybody this? It, so this doesn't make sense to me. So there has to be something. God has to be using this story to tell us something today. It does not make sense to me that he, the, the God of the universe doesn't announce his son's birth in any other fashion than find, sending an angel to find shepherds who are awake at night. They're the only people awake, uh, which then I don't know why God just didn't wake anyone up with a bright light. But he found shepherds and he told them. So why, why shepherds? Why did God choose these shepherds? I have some facts about these shepherds today that are going to be up on the screen. Uh, but there's a few facts about them. They're male and female. They also, more than likely because of their location, were watching over the lambs used for sacrifice in Jerusalem. That's a story in itself. That's a sermon in itself, but we're not going to focus there today. 
They're despised and looked down on, just like the tax collectors. I'm going to read through some things uh, history has shown us about these shepherds that people have said. So uh, go to that next slide. Shepherds were despised in everyday life. In general, they were considered second class and untrustworthy. Shepherding had not just lost its widespread appeal, it eventually forfeited its social acceptability. Some shepherds earned their poor reputations, but others became victims of a cruel stereotype. The religious leaders maligned the shepherd's good name. Rabbis banned pasturing sheep and goats in Israel, except on desert plains. The Mishnah, Judaism's written record of the oral law, also reflects this prejudice, referring to shepherds in belittling terms. One passage describes them as incompetent. Another says no one should ever feel obligated to rescue a shepherd who has fallen into a pit. Thank God that's not around. Like, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. They just walk by, there's a shepherd in the pit. Leave him there. Shepherds were deprived of all civil rights. They could not fill judicial offices or be admitted in court as witnesses. It was written about them to buy wool, milk, or a kid. Whoa, I'm assuming they mean a baby sheep from a shepherd. It was forbidden on the assumption that it would be stolen property. So these shepherds weren't well regarded. Uh, like I said, if you walked by one in a pit or drowning in a lake, you could just leave it there and be free from that. Uh, don't buy anything from them because they're stealing things. And the last fact that really stuck out to me about a shepherd, they're disqualified from the law because of their job. They cannot partake in the law because of their closeness of work with animals. Isn't that crazy? They cannot even be considered clean, be saved because of their work with animals. Are you starting to see yourself in this story yet? There was no hope for them. The law said there was no hope for them. They were watching this flock hopeless. And then suddenly an angel appeared. Hidden in this familiar Christmas story is one of the most beautiful pictures of salvation. These shepherds watched over the sacrificial lambs for years. And finally an angel came. And they've been waiting for something like this because they've watched over every sacrificial lamb and they just watched it go by knowing they couldn't take a part of that. Knowing that that lamb wouldn't save them because they're shepherds. And angels came and said, you know what? The final sacrificial lamb is here and his name is Jesus and it's for all people. Isn't that good news? I can't, that's why the angels say good news of great joy. These shepherds understood that because for years they sat under a system that there was no hope for them. This is the gospel message This is good news. God sent his son to us when we were dirty, we were filthy, we were disqualified. We have no way of living up to the law, but God so loved the world that he sent his son to save us. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care about your race. He doesn't care about your social standing. He doesn't care about what other people say about you. He doesn't care about what laws you've broken. When he looks at you, he sees his son and he sees righteousness. Heaven meets us. No matter, regardless of our past, heaven meets what people say about us and changes that. Come on, that's good news today. You guys are sitting there like I delivered a a funeral message. This is great news. This is great joy. This is good news. God doesn't look at you in your dirt, in your past, in the laws you've broken. He looks at you as righteous. If that doesn't make you excited about Christmas time and the Christmas story, it makes me, I was working on this sermon, and I was just getting myself worked up. I stopped and like did a praise break. I was like, this is good. This is great. I even wrote, come on, in big letters here, because like, it, it meant so much to me. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care how much money you have. He doesn't care what you, your job is. He cares, and he loves you, and he sent love on Christmas 
to change the world for all people. For all people. Come on, somebody. My one friend from South Africa used to say, come on, somebody. But I love that. I love that. He leveled the playing field. Imagine, and the Pharisees still didn't get this. This is why the Christ was so confusing to them. Because I know what I would be like in that day. I'd be one of the Pharisees waiting for Christ, knowing there was a Christ coming. And then someone's like, hey, you know what? Some shepherds out in the field in Bethlehem are going around saying that Jesus is born. Wouldn't you not believe him if you were a Pharisee? Because I'd be like, well, shepherds, they can't keep the law. Shepherds, they steal things. Why would God come to them? Why would God come to them? He leveled the playing field and came to shepherds, the lowly, one of the lowliest people of that day, and said, you know what? It's for all people right now. It's for all people. So he qualifies us. Heaven meets earth and qualifies us for salvation, regardless of anything we've done, regardless of it. And I love this. But it gets better, though. The shepherds, if we read there, what do they do next? When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They didn't stop and say, well, are we the best people to know about this information? Am I qualified to know this information? Should I be the ones telling everyone about this information? They didn't stop. They went out and decided to tell everyone about what they've seen. And they went and checked it out for themselves because to them, like, why, I guess why wouldn't you, actually? If you said that there's a way for salvation for all people, I guess if I was a lowly shepherd who didn't, wasn't included in salvation, I'd go and check too. But they didn't stop because of who they thought they were. They didn't stop them from sharing the gospel. So it gets better. We're not only qualified for salvation, but we're also qualified to share the good news of great joy. And this is big for me. The shepherds didn't stop. There was no, like, the angels didn't say, well, there's an asterisk here. All people doesn't mean you. Like, there's fine print here. All people means the people that follow the law. They're going, this is for us, so let's go take this out there. So many of you know my story. Uh, maybe you don't. There's a lot of new people here. I see you guys today. Uh, I've always known I wanted to preach. I've struggled so much with it in my life because I always think someone could do it better. And that qualification thought in my head is always one that pops up. And like even now, even to this day, I'm still going, well, Jesse could probably do this better. Jared could do this better. Stephen Furtick could definitely do this better. Matt Chandler could do this better. And God's saying, no, you can do this. I've chosen you regardless of where you think you are. I had a homeless guy heckle me. At a, <laughs> I was preaching downtown to a homeless congregation, and a guy heckled me. I stopped preaching for five years because I'm like, obviously this guy could do it better. That stopped me for five years. And looking out of this crowd, I'm like, I've robbed you guys from five years of me being up here and maybe making you laugh because I was so afraid that this wasn't for me, even though I had time after time of God saying, this is for you, Ben, this is for you. I encourage you to look past who you think you are and listen to the invitation of the Lord saying, this is who you are. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. And today the invitation's out there. Uh, I want to go back to this. I almost forgot this. The invitation's out there. If you don't know Christ today, or if you haven't come to terms with the love that he wants to show to you, if you're sitting in the pew today and you're thinking, this isn't for me, this, can't, this good news can't be for me, I want to challenge you today to accept the good news of the gospel for you. And even if you're living a life right now where you think you still have to work towards it, if you think any laws you keep get you there, I challenge you today, come and meet God's love today. Come and see how he sees you today. Don't walk out of this place thinking you're not worth it today. 
He came to shepherds, the lowliest people, and said, I can use you guys for this. So when I read this story about the shepherds, I see God using who he wants to use, regardless of things. He doesn't look at your speaking ability. He doesn't care about the dirtiness of your past. He doesn't care about your current occupation, what degree you have. You're a pastor, an elder, or a worship leader, or a leader. What other people have said about you, he has qualified you to share the good news. Do you realize they tried to do this to Jesus? The religious people, are, and even his own town, Jesus speaks the message and says, I'm coming. And, and he says, this is me. This fulfillment is today. You're seeing me right there. And people are like, isn't that the carpenter's son? They were put him back to his occupation. And they missed out on what he was doing. Don't let people do that to you. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. Eric, you're not a realtor. You're God's son. Don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you at all. God has a habit of using people the world would never think of you would use, right? David was, King David was overlooked seven times. And the funny thing is he was a shepherd. And actually, I was reading about shepherds. When David became king, the shepherds sort of took, took a bump up in society just for a few years. He was like, oh, David was a shepherd. This is good for shepherds. So for a little bit, they were regarded again as well people. But Samuel came and said, okay, present me your sons. He presented seven people that weren't David. And then finally, someone's like, well, David's in the fields watching the sheep. And God's like, that's who I want to use, that guy. You may have been passed up six times right now, and maybe the seventh time's coming where you, a failure happens, you don't think it's you, the eighth time is right around the corner, and it's you. Don't let your past failures, don't let people judge you in the past, do what your qualifications are for today. You're God's children. You're meant to share this message. Don't let people say this about you. And then it gets better than that. D David's an easy one because we see David in the past. We're like, oh, he's a king. So obviously God chose him. Jesus picked uneducated rabbi school failing fishermen to be his disciples. People were like, are, how are these uneducated men speaking so well? They were disregarded. They flunked out of rabbi school. That's the only reason a Jewish person would be fishing right then. They have to go through it. They flunked out of it. And Jesus said, I'm going to use those guys, not the guys who have been studying all this time. He found a five-time divorced Samaritan woman who was currently living with someone she wasn't married to, and she spread the gospel to her whole town. Let that stop you for a moment today, because I don't know, Jews and Samaritans did not get along. So that's one crazy part. She was also divorced five times and, and living with someone who wasn't her husband. That makes me not want to judge anyone today, to be honest. Like, I have the habit of judging people over situations. God used a lady who was divorced five times, living with someone who wasn't her husband, and he gives her the opportunity to go share the gospel to her whole town. He uses tax collectors, prostitutes, thieves, and dirty looked-down-upon shepherds. Why do we think he can't use us? What is stopping you from thinking he can't use us? I've been there. I know if I've had the same fear as some of you guys are having in this crowd, saying, well, they, he doesn't know about this or this or this or how I treat this person or how I live my life this way. He does, and he doesn't care. He can use whoever he wants, and he's calling out and inviting us today to be used by him. He's using shepherds, the worst of the worst back then. I hope today someone would walk by a pit and rescue me. Those shepherds, 
were look, like, no one cared about them. And God's like, you know what? I'm going to use the people no one cares about the most because that's my kingdom. It's the upside-down kingdom, right? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to us, right? It doesn't, like, why would he use these people? Because there's a story, and he wants us to be a part of it. He wants us involved with it. I love, I love Mary ended up treasuring what the shepherd said. Like, they had such an impact on the people around them, heard it and were amazed. One, they were amazed because, like, how do these shepherds know this? And the best part is God doesn't leave the shepherds hanging. He tells the shepherds, the baby will be wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in the manger. They get there, there's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in the manger. So it's not like they get there and they have to find Jesus. They see Jesus because he's exactly where he told them to be. God will never leave you hanging on your calling. He'll never give you something to go do and not follow up with it. He'll be there with you. And you can even have an impact on everyone around you. And people will treasure what you're saying because it means something to them. Because God wants to use you in that way. Please stop. I'm, t- I'm preaching myself today too, guys. I, I sit in fear a lot of times of what I'm supposed to say. I got, me and Jesse watched this documentary the other day uh, called The Finger of God 2. It's worth watching. It's probably not available anymore. But there's this part where they, just, they go out in the streets, uh, these people from Bethel, and they get a word to go find a guy named Mike. It takes them all night. They're basically two in the morning, and they walk into this house where people are playing ping pong outside, and they find this guy named Mike, and it changes his life. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? This all makes sense to me. I just never do because I'm a little afraid of if it's actually going to happen. It's time to stop that. I get afraid... <laughs> Luckily, I'm a pastor now, so I can walk into work and everyone knows me. You know how hard it was for me to witness to a coworker? Because I'm so afraid of, well, what if they think this? What if they think that? Now it's easy because they're like, oh, Pastor Ben, Father Ben. They call me every, every name they could think of, they call me. But it's, it's easy now for me to witness to a coworker because they all know who I am and I can say, hey, we're having a Christmas service, December 16th. All of you should come. Before that, I lived in fear. And God was constantly saying, do this. You're worthy of this. Go do this. Go, go speak what I'm telling you to speak. And I stopped and said, but I'm, just, I'm just been a warehouse worker at Kevin's. Why would you use me? Why not someone else? And God is crushing that fear today in this place. If you're sitting here today, one, and thinking you can't be saved, stop it. If you're sitting here today and say, he can't use me. I can't speak to people well. Look at Moses. Moses couldn't speak. And God picked him. He was a stuttering shepherd. See these shepherd things? He was a stuttering shepherd. I actually read uh, a side note. Pharisees found the Psalms verse about him being our good shepherd so hard to comprehend because of how they looked at shepherds that day. They're like, he's our shepherd? It's just funny, but he comes to who he wants and he'll use who he wants. So be a part of it today. Stop holding back. This church would look so different if we all lived unafraid if we all didn't look at ourselves as who we were and looked at ourselves as who he says we are. He meets us. Heaven meets us at Christmas time and says, I can use you. I sent my son for you, for all people. That's good news. Worship team, come up. Jesse said something last week that I, was, I thought was so good, and I don't know if, I don't know, he'll tell me later if it was in his notes or not. But he said this line. He said about Christmas time that God, the creator, has stepped into his own story. The writer steps into his story. I thought that was such a beautiful picture. Anyone else agree, like, the writer stepping into his story? And I want to say to you today, the author's not only stepped into his story, 
he now invites us to be a part of his story. And that's even better news. Regardless of who you are today, he's inviting you to be a part of his story on this earth of redemption, of good news, of great joy. Let's respond today to that. Let's not sit back in fear of that. All of us have something to say. All of us are, are qualified to spread the gospel and to share the gospel and the good news with people. Don't sit in fear any longer. I'm not, I don't want to sit in fear. I know I'm going to go home today and go to work on Tuesday when I work at Kevin's and still be afraid to like, hey, come to church. I know it. I have to get past that. This church would be full if we all got past that. Scranton would be changed if we all got past that fear of who we were. God's not looking at you and seeing your dirt, your sin, your occupation, how good you can speak. He's looking at you and saying, I want you to be a part of this story. He's knocking on all of our hearts today saying, come, I'm inviting you to be a part of my story on the earth today. Don't let this pass you by. Don't let this pass you guys. If you guys want to stand... As we worship today, I just want you just to, if you, if you can lift your hands, if you ever lift your hands, just lift your hands. And as we worship, just start praying and saying, Lord, I want to be a part of this story, God. Break down any fear I have and just fill me with your love today for people. There's another part of this story that I related to. And they're not in the story. I briefly talked about it. I can see myself being the Pharisee in this story. They're not even in the story, but I can see myself watching God use someone and going, he can't use those people. He can't use those. And I want to do something else today. If you're already to the point where you want to be a part of this story, I want to pray, and I'm going to pray this myself because I do it all the time. We miss Jesus if we think he can't use certain people. We'll miss what he's doing if we go, not them. How is he using them? I don't want to be the Pharisee in this story today who heard this story, it's a familiar story, it's as familiar to them as it is to us, and they didn't think Christ was the Lord. They completely missed what Jesus was doing on the earth, except for the few that realized who he was. Most of them missed it and ended up crucifying, saying, you can't be the Savior, we're going to crucify you. You know why? He didn't come like they thought he was coming. He came as a lowly baby in a manger instead of a king conquering the earth for them. Don't miss Jesus today because you're, you don't think he can use other people. Don't be, have the Pharisee's heart today saying, them? I do that all the time. That person? I t- I've told you the story before. My one roommate when I was at a, a house of prayer told me his story of, of drug addiction. And, like, he started preaching at stadiums, like, shortly after he was saved. And I was so upset and hardened in my heart because I was like, God, I've been saved my whole life. I've followed your rules my whole life. And I miss what Jesus is doing in that moment with him. God will use a drug dealer. He'll use a drug addict. He'll use any race he wants. He'll use anything to be known on this earth. Don't discount people today. And so today, I want to invite you, like I said before, one, heaven is meeting us right now. He's coming down and saying, I could use you right now. I need you right now. The harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. We live in so much fear, we can't even go out and do our own job that Jesus has called us to do. He wants us to partner with the great news today and the, the great joy today. The gospel today is for all people, all of them. So I encourage you as we, as we go into worship, 
just to say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of this story. Lord, break down my fears that I have of sharing the gospel with people. Lord, break down what I think of myself. Show me how you see me. And then also show me how you see other people. If I'm looking at someone else and not seeing Jesus through them and what they're called to be and seeing their current sin, I'm doing it wrong. Jesus sees everyone as righteous. I should start treating everyone as righteous and working them up to that point instead of saying, you know what, that guy's just a sinner. No, God sees them as righteous, and my job is to take them that way instead of just discounting them and leaving them in a pit and not caring about them. I don't want to treat people like shepherds do. So let's, so let's, let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you, God. That of your good news of great joy. We thank you, Lord, that salvation has come for all people. That you don't look at us regarding our sin. You don't look at us regarding our occupation, how good we've been, Lord. You're not Santa Claus. You're Jesus. God, we thank you that you're, you laid down your life to show us what true love looks like, Lord. We want to view ourselves with that love, God. We don't want to be afraid anymore. We don't want to be thinking you can't use us today, God. We want to be used, Lord. I pray right now just that you would invade this place with your love today. The same love you, you showed thousands of years ago when you sent your only son to this earth to redeem the earth, God. We partner with that love today. God, help us change Scranton. Help us change our family. Help us change our neighborhoods, knowing that you want to use us, God. Thank you for inviting us to be part of your story on the earth, God. We accept that today, and we say we're ready to be used by you, Lord.